Einfellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the Hillsboro Tourism Board. Low on gas and near exit 164 during normal business hours? Visit Hillsboro. Learjet, introducing our new Sommelier Interior Edition with wine cellar and monogrammed ice bucket. Fly high above the indolent rubes in a Learjet. And River of Life Lutheran Church, reminding you to ask yourself, are you the reason why Jesus came? Welcome to this week's episode of The Wine Fellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Our semi biannual Halloween prepper edition of the Wine Fellers. What is a prepper, you ask? A prepper is a self reliant individual who has everything in place and is all prepared for when the proverbial manure hits the fan. And when the proverbial manure hits that fan, it's going to be a scary time for everyone. Hence the name Halloween Prepper Edition. And what do preppers and Halloween have to do with wine, you might ask? Well, you'll just have to stay tuned to the second half of our show as I drop a little knowledge on my good feller Mark here, and you too. So during the first half of this most impressively astonishing episode of the Wine Fellers ever, we will be taking listener calls. Now, we can't get to everyone, but please call the WHUP studios at 919 919- 296-1169 with your wine question. We will also listen to some more, I hate to say it, ill-considered wine feller created music and get to the indispensable wine news. All on this week's revolutionary episode of The Wine Fellers. But first, it's time to take listener calls. No, I need to tell them what's about to happen. Your phone is ringing. You're talking on the phone with us. One fella phone with us. Everything you hear is real. Right here on the web below. 
So what exactly is about to happen? You're talking on the phone with us. Wind on the phone with us. Everything you hear is real. Right here on the web with us. All right, Joe. Uh, well, you know, yeah, Mark, um, this is how live call-ins work. Well, how is that? Well, Linda gets them on the phone. Right. And then uh, transfers them to us. Yes. Now, Linda had uh, someone named Braxley Lux. Braxley Lux? On the phone. Uh, unfortunately, right as they were transferring her over, oh, no. uh, we lost her. Oh, no, Braxley? Uh, Braxley. I'm sorry. However, Linda did relay some important information to me. Oh, okay. Uh, she said uh, that she was calling, uh, like she does with every caller, gets where they're from, why they're calling. Okay. So we have some information to go on here. Oh, good, good. Um, again, the beauty of live radio. But this is live radio. Uh, and so Linda says that Braxley uh, listens to us via our newest and proudest affiliate, WCOM in Carborough. Oh yeah, we're on. We're in a station in Carborough now. That's right. Now she had uh, just from Linda's uh, texts from the uh, production studio across the hall. Mm -hmm. um, she's uh, informed me that she had uh, her question. If I'm understanding this correctly, okay. is and I'm looking to Linda here through the window. Mm -hmm. um, is that uh, folks sometimes claim to taste many different things in their wine? Right. Uh, and uh, and Linda's nodding here. She's yeah. We've got the right one. Um, but uh, how, you know, sometimes it's common uh, flavors. Then she says sometimes not so common. Um, and she wants to maybe tell her friends that they're full of themselves. Okay. If you can taste these crazy tastes and smells in wine. Okay, so. Now, so, Linda is like. So say, under, so <laughs> I, let, me, let, me, let me see if I can handle that question. So what you're saying is. Is that someone's well, calling? Well, Linda's saying it. Well, Linda's yeah. saying is that somebody uh, wanted to know uh, how is it that you can kind of discern the different tastes in wine, like blueberries and blackberries, and probably the more weird ones. Those are well, those are some common ones. Yeah, some common. But maybe how do you discern like some weird smells, like asparagus or or uh, even cat pee? Maybe. No, <laughs> are those really? Yeah, but you, those are things that people, you know, they'll tell you that they smell the wine. Oh, my god! And that, that's a good question because, you know, we've all been to those kinds of parties where people say that they smell kind of really weird, esoteric things. And how is it that they smell that? And is it true? And how can you smell those things, too? Actually, I am curious about this because I know when I've had wines, you can taste some of these stronger flavors. Right. But when someone comes up with the pencil lead mm -hmm. or the scent of a, a rose after a, a lightning storm. Right. Uh, how? What are they doing? Well, you know, this is a kind of a, a, a weird uh, concept because, first of all, it's really hard for anybody to describe a smell or describe a taste. It's it's using words to describe a flavor, and that's kind of where words kind of fail. So, huh. so sometimes, you know, this is kind of, and we've heard this before, what might be blackberry to me might not be blackberry to you. And so there is a little bit of subjective experience in what smells like what. But, um, you know, we can do, we do, dis, we do agree on what certain things smell like. Sure. And um, what is kind of interesting is that uh, what I would recommend, you can even go to like on Amazon.com and you can buy these uh, wine aroma tasting kits. What? Yeah, that's right. So, you, like, there's one kit oh. that costs like, four, I mean, one of these kits that costs like $400 and, and Whoa. Uh, yeah, I know. And they're different sizes, but like the, the big one contains something like 90 vials. 
and each vial contains a certain smell. And you can tr- train yourself to smell what certain things smell like. And, it, and they're like regular things like lime and grapefruit and passion fruit, I guess. But they have odd smells in vials too, like cut grass, Interesting. Uh, kerosene, uh, soy sauce, <laughs> uh, tree moss, uh, nail polish remover, what? and even horse sweat. Wait, and this is all stuff that you could pick up on in wine? Oh, yeah. I, I pick up horse, horse sweat. sweat. Horse sweat and wine all the time. That sounds awful. Well, that is, and if you buy this kit, you can smell wow. what a so, so, you know, you can train yourself, and, and after a while, you can kind of, oh, you can memorize what smells like. Oh, yeah, that that's horse sweat, or that's corn. And then, and then the <laughs> next time you smell it in wine, you can eagerly say, hey, I smell that. And so uh, that's one way to train to train your brain. How, do, how in the world... Uh, I'm wondering how this has not yet come up on our show. This is the first time I'm hearing about these aroma scent training kits. I know. You're saying they're like 400 bucks. Well, you can buy like cheaper ones for like $200, but then <laughs> but those only It have, all smells like chicken. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 40 <laughs> vials of the same smell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I think it's a I think it's this a This is blowing my mind. I know, but it's it's a really good way to train yourself because, you know, and you know, let's face it. Sometimes you go to wine tasting and you hear someone uh, waxing poetic about a smell that they have that they're smelling, and like I don't smell that at all. Like you know, they'll <laughs> smell toothpaste in their wine, and and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, you just didn't rinse out your mouth this morning <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, you know, we've had some uh, masters of wine on the show before. We have, that's right. And uh, these sommeliers who spend years learning about wine. Uh-huh. Do they use these aroma training kits, or is, or is that frowned upon? Is, almost, is it useful, or is it just a gimmick? No, I think it's useful, but I don't. I don't think they. I mean, these are people who have probably been drinking wines their whole lives, and they're probably kind of beyond that by now. And these are people who will just drink wine blindly. Uh, you know, they might wake up. At, it's like training for a marathon. Instead of running, they'll wake up at eight o'clock in the morning and drink wine and taste wine. And I'm not kidding. I mean, that's wow. it's like they'll be trained. That's their training, and they'll trace. They'll taste blindly like five wines, and then at eight thirty, they're finished and they're uh, on their way to work. Yeah, except I, you know, my hats go off to these sommeliers and these masters of wine who uh, have the dedication to learn this difficult craft of identifying any wine, sight unseen, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, wake up at 8 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever, they start drinking wine, but they do not swallow the wine. Well, that's right. That's got to just be the best and worst job at the <laughs> same time. Well. You know, I guess if you start drinking wine at eight o'clock in the morning and by eight thirty, you're well, not really that's, getting, and that's the you're thing. not driving to work. You're it, just like you know, you're you're faced up <laughs> on the ground in your living room, and you're not, and at that point, you're not learning anything about what you're drinking. You know, it's yeah. like if you want to study wine, this, you, ju- you can't drink it right, anymore. This you is can't good, swallow this it. This is a good wine. Let's try this wine now. Well, that's good too. <laughs> so, I'm studying. <laughs> I mean, I guess, uh, uh, and uh, to our caller, Braxley, if you're listening, we're, we're sorry you got disconnected. Sorry, Braxley. Linda's going to send you a little Winefeller's care package just to let you uh, feel yeah, like you're a part of the experience. Yeah, we're, we're going to we'll send you a Winefeller's shirt and a Winefeller's cap. But thank you, Braxley, for giving <laughs> us a call. And uh, you've been listening to the Winefellers. Please don't go anywhere. Wine News 
is next. Mark and Joe discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the news, do you find pouring your wine from a bottle to a glass an utterly exhausting and time-consuming chore? Well, it's about to be the best day of your life. Does Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's divorce make you sad? Well, turn that frown upside down into a bigger frown, because we've got even worse news. And is drinking Donald Trump wine still not making you feel great again? It sounds like you're not drinking enough of it right here on the news, Mark. Joe. Yes. How often does this happen to you? You're pouring your wine from the bottle to the glass and it occurs to you, I'm wasting all this time pouring my wine when in a perfect world, I could right now be drinking it. Every sad glass of wine I consume. Exactly. Well, a perfect world is now here thanks to the Guzzle Buddy. <laughs> the Guzzle Buddy is an... <laughs> uh, look, I was almost... <laughs> I was almost angry. 
But now I'm just glad it's not about North Korea. Oh no, this is this is the best news story. Guzzle about. Buddy, per- the Guzzle perfect. Buddy is an oversized glass that fits perfectly into the mouth of a wine bottle. <laughs> In other words, instead of chugging straight from the bottle. That would be terrible. You can instead drink elegantly from a glass that fits directly over the wine bottle. Merely insert the guzzle buddy by screwing it directly into the top of your bottle, and then tilt the bottle and enjoy drinking straight from your wine bottle glass. I just can't see how this makes you any more respectable than drinking straight out of the bottle. I think this is amazing <laughs> so i'm let me so i can picture this in my mind right you've got a bottle of wine mm-hmm. and you take out the cork that's right and then you've got basically a wine glass with no stem right and so it's just got like a cork on the bottom exactly. or something so instead so where the stem is on the glass it's just a hole i guess that you plug that into, you plug the, plug the, into bo- the top of the, of the wine bottle and it's just a straight hole open straight through there as you, as you pour mm-hmm. it just <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's like a bottomless glass of wine. It's amazing. Well, actually, it's 750 milliliters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in all of these like uh, holiday magazines you get with all of the trinkets you can buy, uh-huh. you know, the blankets with all the dogs on it or you right. know, the, this and that, uh, they have a wine glass that brags it can hold four entire glasses of wine. Yeah, I've it. seen those, but those don't look very respectable. This looks respectable because, <laughs> you know, sometimes people, especially during the holidays, they'll say, you know, so-and-so, they seem, this person drinks too much. They're always getting another glass of wine. <laughs> well, this way, you don't look like the guy's drinking too much. You just, you're just, oh, the, this, you know, uh, Mark's on the same glass of wine he was uh, earlier today. <laughs> you know, he seems to just, you know, be drinking his one glass of wine and no one will ever catch on. You know, it's called the Guzzle Buddy, Mark. Well, you don't have to know what this it's called. This is not this is this product. I guarantee you, is is has nothing to do with being discreet. <laughs> you don't think <laughs> you're plugging in a glass onto the top of a bottle of wine, and you're not calling it like the discreet drinker. No, it's the Guzzle Buddy. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe you think people will notice if a if a, uh, if a if a if a glass goes directly into your wine bottle. Maybe I don't know. We can agree to disagree on that. <laughs> but it really gets a lot of uh, praise. Uh, it has uh, several Amazon five star reviews. In fact, I want to hear one of uh, these. One person wrote, "What a fantastic idea!" Before this product, I used to drive an unbearable five minutes from the liquor store to my house before drinking my wine. But with this product, I can start drinking right in the parking lot. Is taking my alcoholism to a whole new level. Well, I don't understand what they mean. They can now drink in the parking lot. <laughs> well, I guess because does it have something to do with uh, having an open container when you seal it with a glass on top? It's some it's somehow. No, I think what they mean is that when you drink a when you drink a, a bottle and you're just drinking it directly into your mouth, you open a bottle and drink. That's that's terrible. That like that, that just looks bad. Oh, I see. They feel fine. But now about you, themselves. But now you feel fine because you know if you drink a if you're drinking wine in a glass inside your car, you look just fine. I see. Especially and this glass that plugs in the top, it's a nice looking wine glass. I'd imagine. Oh, it's beautiful. Probably at least made out of glass. Uh, if or, not, or, or or plastic. Sure. Plastic would be better, <laughs> I think. Because uh, you don't want it to break. You want it to be dishwasher, well, dishwasher My, my guess safe. is if you're using the guzzle buddy, you've probably dropped your share of bottles. I'm going to make a, uh, our own guzzle buddy. All but right. it's going to use a solo cup and maybe a straw. Oh, nice. And really, it doesn't even plug into the bottle. Because why do you want to have so much trouble 
removing and putting reconnecting your what's it a plug guzzle buddy no it's just a a uh, it would basically be i guess uh let's just use a long straw mark okay no cup is necessary a straw buddy the straw will will be like a foot and a half long oh it goes so it can reach all the way to the bottom of the bottle that's nice it'll come up out of the top yes and and go through the bottom of a solo cup yeah. So you just like looks like you're drinking uh-huh. just a straw out of a solo cup. Right. Maybe that's, we could come up with some sort of camouflage for the bottle that's underneath it. That's brilliant. Yes, we can describe. I think it, that's it, a great idea. I mean, it's starting to remind me of the Winery Fifty One pro- special project, yeah, we're, the Sow Suit. We'll get on that. That's that's very good. All right. Well, we'll try one out. So the second story. Yeah. Uh, the the Wall Street Journal recently came out with five reasons celebrities should never ever make wine. Five reasons celebrities should, should never, not make ever wine. make wine because it seems like every celebrity now has their own wine. It does. We've had a few of them on the show. We have, and we actually tried to have some more, but uh, a lot of them just don't want to talk to us. What's that girl from ET? <laughs> her <laughs> she, name is escaping me. Her, uh, 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 her, Oh uh, man, I I know the kid. The boy's name was Elliot. Right. Well, anyway, she has her own wine now, but she <laughs> she didn't want to be on. I her know show. the name of the alien. Oh yeah. Only because that's the name of the movie. Well, unfortunately, he doesn't have his own wine. But now, now he has his own cereal, breakfast cereal. He does. Yeah, ET cereal, man. Well, I'll try to get in touch with him then. So or is <laughs> or ET's agent. So um, the uh, so celebrities today have have become brands uh, looking to yeah. expand their presence into every realm, including wine. Uh, while celebrities like never before are now connected to wineries, uh, the Wall Street Journal has said enough is enough and published five reasons why celebrities should never ever make wine. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore was her name. She refused to be on our show. And uh, you know, it's not like she. I'm sure she's not making any great wine. Well, but now so she's, now really she's not, not going to be on our show. Good job. <laughs> great. Maybe this uh, is why. She, this is maybe we can't get any guess. This this could be one of the one. Of the many reasons, Mark. Right. Well, uh, that uh, was her name. She makes wine. Drew, she makes wine. She makes her own wine. Please tell me the name of her wine. Uh, Barrymore. Are you uh, kidding no, me? No, I don't remember. It's I just her. No, I don't remember. I really don't remember the name of the wine. But she, you know, she, I think <laughs> she's marketing to uh, millennials. I think she, they make like a Pinot Grigio or some, you know, you know, some interesting wine. But anyways, so. A lot of celebrities, not just Drew. It is called Barrymore. Awesome. So, <laughs> not just Drew Barrymore, but tons of celebrities are making their own wine now. And yeah, some have yeah even we agreed, know this. Some even agreed to be on our show. Like we had... Casale. Uh, uh, right, from Devo. And yep. we had uh, some NFL players. And we've had a lot of people who make their own wine. And uh, and it seems like Wall Street Journal's not happy with this. And they give us five reasons. The first one is they said, celebrities are famous for reasons unrelated to wine. An ability to sing or perform or drive a car very fast has nothing to do with mm. an ability to turn grapes into wine. Well, they're not. The celebrities aren't making the wine themselves. They're just hiring some chateau. You don't think they're making it themselves? Please. I think Drew Barrymore. Well, well, look, this article you're talking about is, is giving them way too much credit here. They're just slapping a label on it. I mean, oh, it's like, no. I, I see Drew Barrymore. You think Papa John is making pizzas? Every single pizza that goes out of there? Well, not all of them, but he's he's there. He's there. Mm. And I think Drew Barrymore is out in the field. She's picking the grapes. She's stomping on them. You know, on her she's website, she wine. is out in the field. Exactly. Huh. If I knew Drew Barrymore, and I like to think I do, 
that <laughs> I mean, we saw her in E.T. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I really think that she's making her own wine, but the, the newspaper has a good point. Um, she is never coming on our show now, Mark. <laughs> the, the newspaper has, the Wall Street Journal does have a good point because, um, and I always often wonder that, because why do we, we often like turn to our Hollywood star, stars to find, you know, what their thoughts are on politics or what their thoughts are on um, what food you should eat or what, sure. you know, what religion you should have. Exactly. Why do we always, why do we listen to them? Just because you can act like you're another part why does that make you smart in a bunch of areas they do have a good point are you asking me this question i'm asking you this question there's no why do you look to anyone else to find self-happiness i don't know because celebrities you know speaking of religion i mean all of a sudden celebrities are uh studying the kabbalah which is like this kind of a kind of a jewish kind of a holy book kind of thing and uh and so um it's uh it's uh, they all of a sudden, then everyone wanted to practice the. Uh, they wanted to practice it. So, well, they uh, just have influence over people. Mark, they're in the media, right? People, they're in magazines, popular magazines, and people are interested in this. But I think that is a fair. I mean, it's interesting why we uh, always. Uh, I mean, it's like we're, qu- our... we're qu- yeah, we're questioning the entire uh, reality of celebrityism. But that's not you, Drew Barrymore. We think you're wonderful. Okay, now, number two. Number th- number two what? <laughs> the second reason uh, yes. why celebrities should never make wine, according to the Wall Street Journal, celebrity wines are almost always overpriced relative to the quality of the wine in the bottle, uh, contributing to shameless price gouging or what they call fame tax. Take, for example, $11 2015 Dreaming Tree Sauvignon Blanc from Dave Matthews, who makes his own <laughs> wine. It's drinkable, but they say not worth spending the $11 for. I guess we're not going to have Dave Matthews now on our show. Great, Mark. Oh, my gosh. You just stop reading right now. They burned every bridge they could with this article, and now we're doing the same thing. Look, they're taking themselves too seriously when they wrote this. Right. So we're not going to say it. Uh, that you know, we think Dave Matthews' wine is great. I would love the Wall to try Street that. Journal that's saying it, and they say that uh, usually you're paying extra money just so you can say so and so made your wine. I bet they would also say like, you should never go out to a restaurant and order a steak. Right? Yeah. yeah I mean, where is this? Get at home. Yeah. Where does it end? I mean, uh. why everyone should buy? Everyone should just drive around smart cars because you know that's basically all you need. You don't need to buy anything more than that. Oh, of course not. Nor should you ever have multiple outfits to wear. Just simply three or four of the same exact sets of clothes that you can run through the laundry every week. Exactly. So where does it end? Good point, Joe. I don't like these people. I don't like the Wall Street Journal. I don't know what they're up to. But now we're involved with their mess. Yeah, now yeah, now the Wall Street Journal has angered the wine fellers. So, so you watch yeah, out. Hang on. All yeah. right, number three. <laughs> well, you're still just parroting their their messages, are you, Mark? <laughs> well, I'm just going through it. Okay. Since there is a since there is rarely any actual history or deep credible knowledge behind these wines' creation, most of the time and money is typically spent on the look of the bottle and label and on promotion. It's not they don't spend money actually blending or thinking about how to make good wine. They're actually you know making a nice fancy label with a cat on it. Well, of course, it's a critter wine in that case. Or in this case, a Barrymore wine. Barrymore wine. With a critter on it. She should put E.T. on her wine. What was the picture on her bottle? Oh, there's there's nothing uh, good there, Mark. Okay, I was curious. No, there's actually nothing um, nothing of interest. It's basically, it's a fancy letter B. Oh my God, why doesn't the wine fellers have our own wine and we'll just put our pictures of ourselves on it and people would love to drink it? Um, 
I want to know some of the names of her wine here. Well, we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) You can't really do anything on her website. All right. So the number four. so, cele- oh, here's here, this makes sense. I agree with the Wall Street Journal here. Celebrities don't stay celebrities for long, Joe. And many oh. much, much touted celebrity bottles are almost impossible to find a year later. For example, good luck locating a bottle of MYX Fusions Moscato released last year by rapper singer Nicki Minaj. Remember when I bought you that case? Now, good luck finding it. Well, I've saved, uh, saved some of that, Mark. Oh, good. So I'm going to retire off of the. Uh, <laughs> Profits. Profits of drinking the wine? Well, now everyone wants it and you can't find it. Well, you're assuming everybody wants it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, th- I guess last year that wine was uh, a-, a lovely wine that people wanted and now you can't find that wine. Uh, so the number. This f- happens. What? Cele- some of the celebrities we even had on couldn't send us a bottle of the their own wine. Well, they were out of it, right? Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, it happens. It happens. So number five, the fifth reason, uh, there are several. And this, yeah, this makes sense. There are several much easier ways for celebrities to make money off their names. Why not make a perfume instead? Well, I'm betting that some of these um, celebrities are often interested, have mm-hmm. some interest in doing what other celebrities are doing. Even celebrities have celebrities, Mark. That's right. And if some of the biggest celebrities got into the wine-making business, other celebrities want to do it as well. If maybe the biggest celebrities of them all got right. into bowling alleys, yes, then there wouldn't be wine. It would be bowling alleys. But the point is, it is a lot easier to make perfume than it is to make wine. I mean, for example, or you could just sing a song. Remember Eddie Murphy and the song Party All the Time? Well, yeah. We love You're that You're talking song. about Eddie Murphy, the vocal artist? No, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yes, the vocal He also artist. had a, an, un, uh, an unknown be, uh, acting He career. might be an actor or a comedian or something. Yeah. You might know him from Party All the Time. I remember that one. So you could just make a song instead of uh, making a <laughs> bottle of wine. I'm glad he made music instead of wine. Yes, but there's an exception. One exception is the Coppola family, Francis, and Ford, Francis Ford <clears throat> yes. Coppola. They make pretty good wine. Yes, they do. And I think his daughter makes wine in a can, which is not so good. <sighs> So much for having her on the show. <laughs> okay. Oh, Mark, we've got to stop this I one. I know. Stop it right now. But our last story. Tell me. Make America grape again. <laughs> Wait, is that what it says? Yes, what it says. <laughs> the election might not be going so well for Donald Trump, but his winery in the Virginia countryside is doing huge, <laughs> tremendous business. It really is. You're kidding. No, this is serious. These days, the Trump winery tasting room is filled with curiosity seekers, many dressed in camo pants and Make America Great Again hats. Uh, (laughs) Thanks to Trump's surge this year from reality show pitchman to one step from the presidency of the United States, his vineyard expects to sell more than 50,000 cases of wine this year, about twice as much as last year. That's wonderful. The mogul bought his winery at a foreclosure auction in 2011. Of course. For just $6.2 million. It is comprised of 195 acres of vines, making it one of the largest wineries on the East Coast, which is true. Is it good wine, Mark? Well, according to secret sources, the wine is good, but not great. And the taste of the wine has been described as bigly. <laughs> 
Bigly. That's the flavor. Is that one of those scents that you can get in your aroma kit from Amazon? Yes. Ooh. Essence de Trump. <laughs> yes. This ooh, this essence kit comes with Bigly. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, my gosh. The uh, I don't even see now. I just can't take these people seriously anymore. Who? Everyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the tasting room at Trump Winery is like most others, except there are typically more guys in trucker hats and camo shorts. So according to Stephanie... What a sight. According to Stephanie Litter, one of the employees working in the tasting room, quote, most people don't care about the wine. The other day, a man came in and said, what's the cheapest wine you have? I'm not going to drink it. I'm buying it as a souvenir. <laughs> oh my gosh there's gonna be so much of this bad wine sitting in people's closets for years to come well litter went on to say that some people are surprised to find out that it's not fake they say you actually make wine here and she says yes this is a real established winery <sighs> if people come in and think that's just, i don't Give me know one of those make. souvenir bottles of water <laughs> right that yeah it's i you and i both know is not wine yeah, there's not yeah, wine yeah. in there but he actually makes wine wow does do they come in cases wooden cases if you buy a case with with the wooden crate is there is there more value to it if by wooden case you mean wooden box or cardboard box or cardboard box <laughs> <laughs> no i think these wines come in bottles i believe well, yeah, I'm sure the wine comes in bottles. Well, sometimes. I'm talking about does, if you get 12, does it come in a wooden crate? Uh, I don't know. I think it comes in a, your standard cardboard box of 12 I'm boxes. sure of it. With like a built-in <laughs> handle at the top. Yeah, that, that costs money. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my gosh, Mark. Well, it's interesting because I think I, think I heard that uh, I read that Donald Trump's businesses aren't doing so well when he has like his, his hotels. People don't want to go to his hotels anymore. Or people don't want to eat his steaks anymore. Or people don't want to wear his bedroom slippers anymore. But now... <laughs> But now people seem to, the, the difference is people uh, do want to drink his wine and they're drinking it twice as much as they did before. You are listening right now to the wine fellers. Don't go anywhere because our semi biannual Halloween prepper segment is next. You know, Mark, I'm a prepper. He's a prepper. She's a prepper. We're a prepper. Wouldn't you like to be a prepper too?
chick, her name is Sam and Mella. Old friend, joy hair, dead eye, brother. He is known as the other one, fella. In the club, we rock it out at order. Single malt, Japanese, but whiskey. Yamaziki, Nika, Gucci. Then we find some upbeats and Tori. Beach broke, lot, tossed in the final mantra. Sailor, Monty, Conti. Ripple, Cisco, Mad Dog, Night Train, Booth, Romance, and Mook, and David. Harris hit Chan Graydon Square. I'm a poser, Tito Gangster, and I don't want your prayer. I'm like Sam and Harris hit Chan Graydon Square. I'm a poser, Tito Gangster, and I don't want your prayer. I'm like Solar Flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser, Tito Gangster, and a wine fell air. I'm like Solar Flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser, Tito Gangster, and a wine fell air. Super Gun Computer Simulated University Gun Computer Simulated University My goodness, Mark, we've made it wow. to what I think will be a very uh, adventurous uh, moment of the uh, show. I know nothing about this, so I'm going to learn as much as the audience is about uh, what you're going to talk about today. This is really thrilling. Yeah, we, we've finally made it uh, to the segment, our, our semi-biannual, which I love, Halloween prepper edition of the Winefellers. Now, I've done some pretty important things here, Mark, pretty special things. Wow. We're going to talk about all things spooky, everything from bug out bags to zombies to the end of the world as we know it. This is exciting. <laughs> um, and during this, uh, I'm going to unveil an all new Weinfeller's special project I recently completed. Uh, aimed at getting us through any of these terrifying scenarios. Okay. <clears throat> now, uh, because I've done this, some would call me a prepper, Mark. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, you're gonna have to back up a little bit because this is this is all kind of this is not my wheelhouse. This is all new stuff, and I don't even really know what a prepper is. And uh, I assume you're gonna. I mean, we're gonna learn a little something. We're gonna here, learn Mark. something. All right. Now, uh, essentially, okay, a prepper is an individual who is dedicated. To the practice of always being prepared. So like Boy Scouts. Yeah, like a Boy Scout is always prepared, right? Um, but now, while they may carry uh, maybe a pocket knife, some matches, uh -huh. and maybe an uh, extra pair of socks, Okay, <clears throat> that's just one of the many types of preppers that are out there. Okay. National Geographic uh, had a, a series on, I think, between like 2010 through 2014 right. called... Uh, uh, I think it was like doomsday preppers. Right. Right. Now, let me tell you what. They didn't really focus on the people who bought, you know, water and bread when a hurricane came. Oh, no. That, <laughs> I guess that doesn't make you a prepper. <laughs> no, not, in, not for that show. Okay. They focused on the insane, like just over the top, tinfoil hat uh, oh. individuals. So these are can, people who are like really getting prepared for the worst the yeah, the absolute scenarios. worst case scenario, uh, right? okay. short of the sun exploding. Wow. Right. And so they've got th some of these people have underground cities. 
What? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can buy an abandoned ICBM silo in Iowa for $40,000. And people are doing this? Yeah, and then they move all their stuff underground. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Okay, now that now that is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum from being Boy Scout, Boy Scout prepared yeah. to being just uh, an insane lunatic. <laughs> what about me? What, what if I have a six pack of sparkling water in my basement? <laughs> you are a prepper, Mark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now we shouldn't be surprised that the the National Geographic Channel came up with this show. Okay. Seeing as how their uh, parent company, the Discovery Channel, uh, created uh, basically the same effect for childhood pageants when they aired their uh, Learning Channels series. Uh, here comes Honey Boo Boo. Right. And I don't remember that being a survivalist show, but... Uh... <laughs> Not survivalist. They did for preppers what I Honey see. Boo Boo did for the child pageantry industry. Oh, I have to see the show. Then. They right, ruined it. They ruined it, Mark. Because now in everyone's mind, if you're a prepper, you're crazy. So I'm here today to tell you... That is not the case. There are many different types of preppers, and everyone fits into a prepper category. Okay, well, this is good, because that is that is the connotation I get. Before you even talked about it, that's the thought I get, is that when you see, you see you hear prepper, you think someone who's, uh, uh, you know, guarding their house with a gun because it's raining outside. And that is one type of prepper, right? <laughs> okay. and, we'll get, and we will get to that. Okay, okay? that sounds good. Yeah, uh, but I wanted to, uh, there are many different uh, types of preppers out there. Okay, and I've got a list here I wanted to go over. Um, now, I have kind of assigned these. I've picked some of the better ones, mm. and I've assigned them some of my own terminology. Okay, well, you've, got, you've got the safety-slash-natural-disaster-focused prepper, okay. right, which I just call the soccer mom prepper. Oh, okay. So, right. okay. Well, what's that mean? Well, this is um, you know, ignore the national the natural disaster. This is I'm um, looking at it here the safety focused one. Okay. So preppers, people who are really prepared by being safe. Yes, and they're pre- they are prepared for common non life threatening situations, uh, like getting cuts and bruises, uh, bug bites, or maybe lunch. Oh, well, that makes you a prepper. You're a prepper, Mark. If if I bring the lunch to work, I'm a prepper. You're a soccer mom prepper. <laughs> All right. Well, then everybody's a prepper. Everyone's a prepper. That's what I'm trying to get across here. Okay. Although I do, I do like to eat out. Well, now that moves you away from that. Almost something under soccer mom prepper. So I'm not really a prepper at that point because oh. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think I don't think the scale goes that low, Mark. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll 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 go further because I don't I don't bring band aids to work and I don't. Uh, um, <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. I might not be one, but we'll we'll, we'll go through it. You move up the the ladder to a wilderness focused prepper. I'm calling this the outdoorsman, okay, or woman, right? This is someone who's able to survive in the wilderness, hunting and knowing the hunts, hunting skills, sheltering skills, foraging skills, how to survive a bear attack. Mark, yeah. So that's not me. I would survive exactly thirty seconds. <laughs> now there's the continue as we continue to move up the scale of prepperism. Uh, there's what? What I'm, if I own? What if my wife owns pink camo pants? Well, that depends on the skill set she has, Mark. Okay. Any any one of these prepper uh, levels can wear camo pants, pink camo pants. Awesome. That your clothing does not define you as a prepper. All right. All right. F- moving right along. Okay. You've got this uh, biochemical uh, uh, scenario. Uh, focused prepper group, which I'm terming the Walking Dead. Oh, I love that show. No, uh, I get this. Good, I get this. Good. Now, now right. this is the this is the fatal diseases, biological agents, zombie apocalypse sort of preppers. No, I can get to this. Now, this is the stuff that this is the stuff that can really happen. Finally, 
Yeah, this is the level at which TV shows are beginning to pop up, right? Right, but this is the stuff that you really should prepare for. A zombie apocalypse. Well, something like and that. And now, sure. when you think the Walking Dead prepper, think guns, guns, and more guns. Yeah, but, you know, well, sure, but I think on the, I'm saying of the, uh, the Walking Dead, they have, like, swords and uh, flamethrowers and things like that, too. I was saying that's okay. Uh, I'm, I, I really am drawn to the Walking Dead prepper movement me too i mean it sounds exciting it does right i want to cut some heads off some zombies really sounds thrilling all right now uh but i'm not totally sold on it there's a few more here okay you've got the um this was an odd one mark okay um apparently i learned in my research there are biblical eschatologists who basically eschew information about the bible right wow and uh they are, in some ways, as I learn more about them, the anti-prepper prepper. Anti-prepper prepper. Uh, yes. So these are folks who are concerned with the end of days, right? Biblical end of days and the judgment and final. So they're not preparing. Well, well, here uh, there's they've got good reason to with the judgment and final destiny of of humanity and and everyone's souls, right? Mm-hmm. Now <clears throat> it's very interesting. These preppers, in some ways, have it the easiest. Okay, they don't need a single. They don't hoard a single oh, thing because these so like, like rapture people they're just going to disappear so why do they need anything well there's that exactly right they think the 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 the, the thing that's going to the great cataclysmic event is going to be the rapture and they're gone they don't need anything but also mark even when it comes up at their meetings mm-hmm. which i was reading the notes from earlier someone brings up okay well what if let's say you know there's a giant plague or there actually is uh, a giant flood right uh, shouldn't we have water and bread in our homes if a hurricane comes? Makes sense. No. No. Not at all. Because okay. as they as they point out, if uh, their uh, Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus, said to them, and I'm, I've got this off their wow. website here, uh, in Luke chapter 12, Mark. You're dropping some learning I'm on I'm dropping this. knowledge on you here. All right. I found this very fascinating. They say, uh, 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 their boy Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or even wear. Hmm. Now, I'm glad they haven't caught on to the wo- having no clothes part yet, you know. Uh, just no food and no drink right now. Okay. Uh, that if you seek first the kingdom of God, um. then all of those things are going to be taken care of. Basically, if you believe in me, I'm going to take care of so all your the food Lord, The Lord will provide, the, right? I the meal's you. on me sort of thing, right? I don't know. That's, you see, that's, that, that to me really defines, there are people who who uh, say they have faith, but these people really have faith because, you know, if they give away all their stuff, then they really believe it. Yeah, so, uh, again, probably not my biggest uh, group that I'd assign myself to in the yeah, terms of preppers. Really. So I had to invent my own, Mark. Okay. I'm calling it the, the, wine, the wine-focused prepper. Now, now we're, we're talking. talking. Now we're okay. talking. The wine collector. I'm adding this one because I didn't see a single person on the list Everyone was like about food, shelter, medical, guns. Not a single person at one point brought up, what are we going to drink? Holy cow, Joe, I'm a prepper. We're preppers, Mark. I have a wine collection. Wine collectors are natural preppers. They are. Because we're more they, preppers than, than uh, the survivalist you, preppers. You've got an underground room, first with, of all. With, with bottles of fluid that keeps I for just, a hundred years. I just love, because in my, in my uh, mind... You can have an underground room. Yeah. Okay? Now, you could fill it with guns. Sure. I guess you could. Yeah. <laughs> or alcohol. That's right. 
This is why I had to make this group, Mark. From now on, I'm not calling myself a wine collector. I'm calling myself a wine prepper. You're a wine prepper. We should have just been the wine preppers instead of the wine fellows. We missed that one. We did. So here's the thing. Each of these groups of preppers have their own strategies of dealing with disaster, okay? Mm. And what they've... What I'd like to explain to you is, for example, you know, the soccer mom prepper has a little first aid kit in the in the uh, glove box, right? That's yeah. her preparedness kit. Okay. Right. The outdoorsman has maybe a knapsack or mm-hmm. a book bag full of some food and maybe uh, a rifle or something. Mm-hmm. Right. The zombie uh, preppers have a whole uh, bunch of guns, and of course, our wine collector, wine prepper, preppers, prepper. have an entire cellar of wine. That is awesome. Now, um. But I also had my own ideas around this wine collector prepper. And I created uh, something that I think uh, we could use as our kind of, oh. our bag, our preparedness bag. What does a wine prepper have uh, outside of his wine cellar? Or what would he pack in his bag if he had to bug out of town real quick? So, so if you're just joining us on the Wine Fellers, Joe, my good buddy Joe, my good feller Joe, is discuss, discussing the prepper movement and how there's such a thing is called wine preppers. <laughs> and uh, he's showing me a bag on a stick like a hobo has. Yeah. what I, <laughs> Mark, Mark, yeah, it does look like that. I didn't intend that. Um, I wanted to, before I go into what I've made here, I wanted to say, remind our listeners, we are on a, operate every day on a shoestring budget. We do. All right. So as I kind of came up with the wine prepper plan, wine fellers prepper plan. I knew underground bunkers were off the table. No. Okay. Uh, I knew while the Red Cross recommends at least 72 hours worth of supplies in yes. like a preparedness bag, uh, it turns out that's actually pretty costly. Is it? Yeah. And so I scrounged up all of the money in our fund. Three dollars? And, uh, <laughs> and um, went down to the store. Okay. I was able to buy uh, enough to create the two-hour Weinfeller's prepper pouch. Oh, wow. So, oh, so in other words, we're going to live two hours longer than everybody else in a calamity. Exactly. Now, this has uh, a couple things inside of this hobo stick here, this bindle. Um, we've got everything you'd need for uh, basically at one meal. Okay. Because that's how long you're going to live with okay. this. Uh, and we've got um, some niceties, a little... Uh, little bandana that doubles as a small tablecloth. Oh, very nice. Lay that down here, yeah. which we've got in the studio right now. I like it. It comes with a candle and a lighter. Oh, I mean, every wine that. drinker wants to eat a candle at dinner. It's also, yeah, it's romantic. Uh, a couple forks. Yeah. Which, in a survival scenario, can double as hairbrushes. Yeah. Uh, napkins. Now, now the two components here that I want to get into are the uh, spaghetti and meatball dinner. So I see you <laughs> it's kind, I came see right out of an army m- MRE. So I've actually never seen an MRE before, but uh, you are actually have one. That's amazing. We, we've opened it up, Mark. It, it came with a uh, it was a meatball marinara MRE. Wow. And it came with some what have we got some uh, uh, some potatoes. That looks like potatoes. Energy bar. Energy bar. A meat stick. And some kind some of cheese product. And some kind of cheese. They're all and, and a spicy. A tortilla. I took a little bite earlier. Everything on the plate is very bright yellow looking. We had to heat this up in a, a package that released hydrogen gas into the studio. Yeah, it was a little dicey at times. Uh, we, were, we were looking for the fire <laughs> extinguisher, which we were told uh, we don't have one yet, but uh, we are due to get one any time now. Exactly. Now, we've got this all prepared out uh, on the plate here. Now, you're thinking, well, what does this have to do with wine? Well, in a 
Prepper scenario, I, I didn't really think this one through, but I was able to get some powdered wine, Mark, that would last Holy last you cow. a long time. Powdered I've, wine. Powdered wine. This is powdered take, burgundy wine. So it's so I guess they took essence of burgundy wine. The, and they dehydrated it, and now we ended up with... But there's no alcohol, so it's just powdered... <sighs> well, I found that out after I ordered it. Okay. Apparently, you cannot dehydrate alcohol it just evaporates yeah right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you have powdered wine i have powdered wine we've mixed them into these wine glasses you sure did um and in order to give it a little kick right uh, we've added a little bit of everclear to it mark so <laughs> so i have a basic I've, I've question. basically recreated wine here so i have a question okay now as a prepper why would you go through the process of mixing a powdered wine with alcohol when you can just buy, just have wine in a bottle, which is also kind of a survivalist mechanism as it stands. Well, you know, powdered wine won't go bad, Mark. Well, uh, I guess wine can keep wine for quite pretty a time. Long. I mean, you can have some wine keep for 100, 200 years if it's good wine. Oh, just 200 years? Okay, so no, okay, all right, so there's your point. So <laughs> we're talking a multi generational. Okay, so if you want your great grandchildren to know what wine is like, <laughs> you, you this, this is a one way to do you it. You know, you know. Okay, I thought at first it was a good idea. <laughs> right. Okay, that we'd get some powdered wine, and I'm like, oh, it'd be easy. You can put it in your backpack. You can run around, and then whenever you want to drink some wine, mix in some stream water, and you're just sitting by the side of the well, creek. It is, no, it is lighter. That's true. It is lighter, but. Um, what we've got, we've got these mixed up here, Mark. Before we get into the, the entree. So you have powdered wine that you've mixed with Everclear. Yeah, this is just red powder mixture. With and water and Everclear. With water and Everclear. And Let's I want to shot. drink a little bit here and mm. see if this tastes anything like wine. Oh, that. Oh, my. Wow. Oh, that tastes horrible. That's probably it the worst thing I've consumed in. Uh, many a year. It doesn't even taste like Ugh. wine. It's more of a powdered well, cardboard. Well, it's not sweet at all. I mean, no. maybe they expected to, you to add some Oh, we should have put some sugar, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So so basically, uh. it's just like essence of grapes. This is flat out horrible. Yeah, it's pretty bad. All right. Now, because that's so oh, bad. Oh, man, too bad. We wasted all that Everclear. Too. Oh, yeah. Just an entire bottle of it there. Uh, look, we've got uh, the MRE came with a lemon lime drink as well. Yeah, I see that. That now, is the brightest lemon lime drink I've ever seen. Knowing that uh, the wine, I I just knew this wine was going to be horrible. Ah. I've made a little lemon lime drink here. Put some Everclear in that. This is going to be better. Now let's this. let's eat our MRE with this. Woo! All right, now Mark, that's, um, that's really strong. strong. So what I want what I want you to do there cow. is let's my, take our Chipotle our Chipotle uh, tortilla. Okay. I think we should start with this mm. and just take a bite of that. Mm, spicy. It's good. It's pretty spicy. Um, I don't mind it. So this is an MRE. I've never had actually. Do people just eat MREs just like a matter of course instead of like going to the grocery store to say, honey, let's eat an MRE? No, these things are actually quite expensive, Mark. Are they really? Mm-hmm. Now, so this is a meatball. You're going to try the meatball. I actually want you to try the meatball mm. with that wine. It's good. I want to see if we could oh, actually survive two hours off of this. This is a kind of a, a test here, Mark. Mm. Does, does the meatball help the wine at all? It does. It, 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 yeah, it, yeah. I think we could survive two hours in the wilderness with this, but not longer. Um, what about... Um, so, but the meatballs are pretty good. The meatballs, it tastes like, like Chef Boyardee. Yeah, Chef Boyardee stuff. That's pretty good. And it doesn't look bad. No. So you heated this in a chemical pouch. That's weird. Well, when you're out in the field, Mark, hmm. um, 
You need to do things like that. So is this what our troops are eating? Or are they eating something different? Yeah, this is an American uh, MRE. Wow. Now, when I was looking at different- They get a lot of food in those MREs. They have like a bunch of stuff. They well, got these bars and this other stuff. Yeah, we've got a meat stick. We've got an energy bar, Apple energy bar. You even get, even your MREs, you get gum, and they give you toilet paper, and they give you uh, <laughs> sugar packets and, and uh, coffee mate. I mean, they give you a bunch of, this is not bad. You know, this is actually, I was worried about eating this thing. Yeah. It really helps, actually, get rid of the horrible, horrible wine taste. <laughs> it does, but this is really edible. It's just interesting. If I guess any, when I think of like MREs, I think like the World War II stuff when people would open a can or something. It's really good. Well, you know, it's interesting. When I was looking into the uh, MREs that we, we could buy yeah. to try on the show for this prepper edition of the Winefellers, hmm. um, there are some amazing MREs out there in the world that are not American-made. Take oh, the, better than... Uh, oh, man. Japanese, French. Aren't we supposed the, to be the greatest? Italian. This is, you know, typical American fare here. Oh, right. Well, I, but I wouldn't mind like having, you know, uh, mushu pork or something like that. So I Dude. wouldn't have an, like an Asian themed MRE. This, this is pretty good, though. Mm, the sushi and the, uh, I mean, and the Japanese. Yeah, have I don't a, know about sushi MRE. That's that's a tough one. They've figured it out. Mark. They have. It. They have. Really? You mm-hmm. get sushi MREs. Dude. And in France, you've got like crackers and foie gras. And wow. Just some of the most delicious uh, and and there's like 20 cans. I'm in impressed. Each yeah, it's really good. This came in. Uh, what did this come in? Some plastic bags. Yeah, that it, we were almost not even able to open. Well, right, but when we heated it up, it got the, whatever the chemical reaction was got so hot we had to actually move it over to the window because we were afraid of uh, starting a small fire. It said on the uh, bag. Yeah, uh, keep in a well ventilated area because this thing creates. Flame of explosive hydrogen gas. Well, the one thing the studio is not is well ven- <laughs> well ventilated. So, uh, Mark, you had a minute to uh, taste the food, drink the wine. It's good. Well, not the wine, but the food is really good. Um, I wanted to know uh, what are we missing from this prepper pouch? Is it is it something that that would get us through? And I'm joking. Two hours, right? Um, because we'll be hungry probably in two hours after this. Right. So what, what's going to get us? What, what really? How how is this? No, I, this I could definitely eat this. I mean, you know, if I if I ever went camping, I could bring this and just you know camp with it. Uh, but I don't go camping because I don't like to sleep in tents and sleeping bags. But mm-hmm. if I did, this would be something I would bring. What about the the wine? No, if the, we can even call it. No, that. the wine is just doesn't taste very good to me. It just it looks like wine, but it's really bad. I mean. Maybe it's the Everclear that's not going well with the Did powdered, that not work out for yeah, you? the powdered grapes, but I felt it going down, that's for sure. Oh, that's horrible. I like the lemon-lime uh, Everclear Yeah, that's much better. More with this yeah. MRE. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Joe. I mean, that is awesome. I learned, <laughs> it's, I learned something because I knew nothing about the prepper movement, and now I feel like I'm a prepper. I'm, I'm a wine prepper. Yeah, and, and look, this is just the first iteration we're going to have, I'll come up with some additional prototypes. Well, Mary, no, Joe, Merry Prepper Halloween to you. Merry Prepper Halloween to you as well, Mark. You've been listening to another exciting episode of 
The Winefellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vine. Straight up, and you are listening to 